Know Your Food with Warty, episode 86. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 86. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Welcome everyone. Got a great episode for you today. Let's start with the tip of the week. Here are 10 easy ways to pack more fermented foods in your child's lunch. Whether you're homeschooling, going on field trips, going to a charter school, a public school, a private school, we all need lunch. So do our children. And fermented foods are a great nutritional boost. In fact, in our family, we try to have something, just a little something fermented, at least at every meal, if not every day, or I said that backward. Uh, at least every day, if not every meal. And so a great thing to do when you're packing lunches for the family is to include a little something fermented. And so we've got 10 categories of great ideas for all those things um, on the blog for you. Knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash fermented lunch. I'm just going to highlight a couple ideas for you here. Many of these foods take less than five minutes to prepare. They're truly grab and go. Kresha tells us who's the author of this article. Um, some of them require just a small amount of time to plan ahead and make, like a chutney or, or a homemade cheese, or some take at least 30 minutes to prepare, like if you're doing a sourdough recipe or a more complicated cheese recipe. So she's got all kinds of categories, from beverages to meats to vegetables to fruits, etc. And I'm just going to highlight a couple here, like one of the one of the things most everybody loves to eat, did you realize it's fermented, is a homemade fruit on the bottom yogurt cup. Take a little cup, some homemade yogurt or good quality store-bought yogurt with active cultures, and you're going to put that on top of um, a chutney or jam or chopped up fruit on the bottom. You can also mix your um, yogurt like with vanilla and a little bit of honey if you'd like. And put that on top, but the idea is you're creating this yummy fruit on the bottom yogurt cup and packing that, and that is very delicious. And um, you know those small little, they're not pint, they're half pint. Anyway, those tiny little jars make great fruit on the yogurt cups. Of course, you can do a whole pint if you'd like. You could even do a, um, you know, a pint is two cups, or you could do a half pint one cup, or there's even smaller jars. So depending on the person, how much food there is overall, uh, you can play with that. Another easy way to get probiotics in a lunch is to make a probiotic sandwich. And a probiotic sandwich could be by adding cheese. It could be by having fermented condiments like lacto-fermented mayonnaise or mustard. Or if you're making like an egg salad or a chicken salad or a salmon salad, add cheese, fermented cheese. Um, and we have simple recipes for the easy cheeses that are fermented with your, um, your raw milk or high-quality milk you're purchasing if you're into cheese making. Or you can toss your, um, your salad like with sour cream, homemade sour cream or cream fresh. 
um, with lacto-fermented mayonnaise, if it's lacto-fermented mustard. I mean, just the act of adding your sauerkraut juice or whatever to that salad makes it probiotic. And so then you're serving a probiotic um, sandwich, or if you're using that topping like on top of a salad. So there are many more tips to help you get probiotics in your lunches on the blog from Kresha. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash fermented lunch, and be sure to share in the comments how you add fermented foods to lunches. We'd love to hear. Today's listener question comes from Lori. She says, I made a sourdough starter yesterday. I used a pack of quick rise yeast in warm water, two cups all-purpose flour, just a sprinkle of raw sugar, and enough warm water to mix it well. Waited till it got a little bubbly on top, covered with cheesecloth. Today it was growing with bubbles, so I took out two cups and added one cup more flour. Mixed well till good consistency. And wow, the pancakes I made with the two cups I took out were the best I've ever had. I added my own vanilla paste to the batter, and they were what makes your eyes roll back in your head. Yum. Um, Is it a good living starter? Or she says it is a good living starter growing as we speak. And her question is, have you ever used quick rise yeast? Okay, Lori. Well, no, I haven't. My concern about this starter is it's not necessarily the organisms we want to culture in a long-term sourdough starter. Also, the organisms that are wild that do the work of making grains more nutritious and digestible are not necessarily the same as in quick-rise yeast. So what I would be concerned about, I mean, keep feeding it, but um, I have a feeling, I mean, it's a possibility that the organisms in the air, that over time your starter will change and maybe get more wild. But on the other hand, the the conventional yeast that's in that um, quick rise yeast may be so strong that it's going to be impervious to changing the culture. Um, so I don't really know. Um, I think your starter could last a good long while. I'm not 100% certain it's going to give you the health benefits that a um, that a truly wild sourdough starter would, but I'm very excited for you, and I'd love to hear how it goes in the future. I did want to point out that sometimes people have trouble starting a starter, and so um, an acceptable practice among traditional foodies when they're starting a starter would be like to add one grain from a quick rise yeast to the starter and then that sort of gives it its start but the culture is not so strong so then the wild yeast in the air and on the grains um, can you know it gets a start but they can become a significant part of the starter because really the best starter is this like um, just ecosystem of all these wild yeasts and bacteria that's what you really want for the best health and nutrition Um, so maybe you could try that down in the future. The other concern I have about your starter is actually the sugar, um, because the sugar, adding the sugar is going to favor organisms that love sugar, where the organisms we want to favor are the ones that just feast on the carbohydrates in the grains. And so that's why those two things, the, the instant yeast and the sugar, to me, suggests that the starter isn't exactly the ideal starter for um, the kind of nutrition we're talking about, the true sourdough. But that doesn't mean you can't do it, and maybe you want to experiment with um, a totally wild starter also, and play with both of them. And for instructions on a wild starter, which you may have already seen, you can go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash starter, and we've got a video there showing it, and you can also... um, 
input your email address and get a sample chapter of our sourdough ebook that tells you more about the process of starting the starter and a whole bunch more. Um, it's, it's a sample chapter of our book. So thanks so much for your question, Laurie. I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll be right back to introduce you to our guest. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at Ganalfglins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you, too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it, too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So, if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com free today. My guest today is on a mission. Her name is Teresa Jungling, and many years ago she was very ill, and after lots of searching, um, figured out that it was multiple chemical sensitivities. And she's doing much better now. She's found a good doctor who understands these things, the root causes of, of many illnesses. And she has embraced uh, whole foods and all kinds of good stuff for natural healing. So we're going to hear her story coming up. I want to mention that you can find everything we talked about Today at the show notes, which is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 86, there's links and more, including to a free resource that Teresa is offering to you about multiple chemi- chemical sensitivities. So be sure to visit the show notes to get a link to that and more. Okay, so here's Teresa. Hey everyone, this is Wardy, and I'm here with Teresa Jungling, who has an interesting, inspiring story for us today. Hi, Teresa. Hi. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you for joining me. It's going to be very enlightening. Um, what we're going to talk about today is something that we haven't really addressed on Know Your Food with Wardy before, so I'm, I'm eager to hear your story and, and glean from it. So before we get to um, your particular health crisis, can you just tell us about you and your family? Yes, I um, reside in the great state of Michigan, so I'm, I'm on the other side of the country from you. Um, I have a husband, and I am, in, I just turned 40 this year, so in that age bracket, and I don't have any, we don't have any children, but um, we own our own business, and then I, I have a, a blog that I, I also um, am the owner of. Mm-hmm. And that's living... LivingNaturalToday.com. Yeah. LivingNaturalToday.com. That's great. Yes. And it's a, a great site. I was really impressed. Good job. Thank with you. That. Thank you. So now let's talk about your health story. Um, what happened in your life that woke you up to the link between food and health and even the bigger picture of the environment and health? Right. Right. It started probably about eight or nine years ago in my early 30s. Um, I started to experience some unexplainable symptoms that... Um, you know, I would just put off and, you know, maybe a daily headache or, um, you know, just stomach issues or, or even, um, I was getting some chest pains, you know, so, um, those type of things that, that were happening. Um, the thing that really happened to, to wake me up or to, to get me to start really diving into what's wrong is I would, um, experience some blurred vision episodes and the, 
doctors could not figure out what was going on. So um, all of this started, and and it, it's been an interesting journey. It's been um, frustrating along the ways because I didn't know what was going on. You know, when you're experiencing chest pains and racing heart rate and things like that, you know, my first my first notion or, you know, it was to go to medical doctors and to, you know, I went through all the gamuts of the testing, the MRIs, the CAT scans, the stress tests, the EKGs, the, you know, everything that they um, Mm -hmm. offered and, and everything was coming back fine. So they, they all felt I was healthy and, um, but I, I knew what I was experiencing and, and it was making life very difficult. And I actually ended up, um, uh, along the way having to not even, I had to um, quit my job and things like that because it, it was just becoming too difficult. So um, from that, I finally figured out, and a lot of it was done on research, um, a lot of prayer, and trying to figure out um, what was going on. And um, I was able to go to some different doctors, and, and they, they pointed me in the direction of um, more, you know, the endocrine system and, and, and hormonal and, you know, things like adrenal fatigue and thyroid and all of that. Um, and then it was, I was still getting a little bit worse. And then I finally realized um, multiple chemical sensitivity was causing issues. And I know we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, it has been a journey. And when I look back, I, you know, people ask what caused me to get sick in the first place. Um, it was a a wide variety of things and you know stress was a major cause um toxins were a major cause and food you know and as your show is about and and diet that was a a major factor also so all of these things took a toll yes so uh just to get a little more specific with what you said how did you realize it was multiple chemical sensitivities i mean you'd exhausted all the medical route you'd Mm -hmm. seen all kinds of doctors they kept saying you're healthy they were maybe we're hinting it's all in your head, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. must have been tough. But what was it? How did you how did you figure that out? What was revealed? Yeah, they even doctor put me on a, a drug for anxiety, thinking, oh, it's anxiety. And mm-hmm. um, that was not the right option. So um, but I, you know, with with multiple chemical sensitivity, uh, you do start to sense that, um, you know, and, and you do get certain symptoms like headaches or um brain fog or or various things i you know it, it w- would take me down for a couple of days before my body would would recover and um i i had never heard of multiple chemical sensitivity before and i i didn't even know that it was the chemicals and you know our home or in our environment that was affecting me so it was um it just took a lot a lot of research trying to to dig in to see what was going on and, and fortunately um you know, I've been to so many doctors and things, but I finally, I did find a doctor online who um, I actually recently interviewed about this topic because he, he's been a great resource and he actually had MCS to begin with. And, and the thing is, MCS is almost becoming an epidemic and people, it's, it's so misunderstood and, and people don't even realize that they have it until it's almost too late. You know, you might have some sensitivity to perfumes or, or things like that, or, you know, you might get a headache and, and it's, it's just really putting the pieces together as to, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what is causing the, these symptoms, you know? So, um, I finally, I, with all the research, I realized it's multiple chemical sensitivity. So, um, that was something that had developed because my body had, um, started breaking down from everything else that was wrong with it, you know, so it's, it's just another, another issue. So, so you're saying that you were just researching, 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 and you began to connect the dots kind of intellectually, like all these symptoms 
you're having could be chemical, multiple chemical sensitivity. And then, and then, so did you, did you test it in some way, like um, make some radical changes and start feeling better? That was a confirmation of the research and the answer that you felt was there. Um, Yes. And and it's amazing because I was even um, sensitive to the clothing I was wearing and, and never realized that I, you know, I was developing all sorts of allergies, you know, whether it be food allergies or dust mite allergies or things that I had never experienced in the past and, um, you know, just not knowing what they were. And so I, I did um, seek a doctor out of state and then also locally, but locally he, he, they did some muscle testing and, and realized and he even, you know, informed me that I was, aler- you know, sensitive to some of these um, chemicals out there or, like I said, even my clothes or even food or even certain things w- were causing like major reactions. So mm-hmm. um, that's sort of how I, I finally figured it out. So let's talk about, um, that was several years ago. How many years ago? Yeah, I started getting sick probably about eight or nine years ago and the MCS really set in um, maybe halfway through that. So it's probably been maybe about four years or so since I've had strong MCS. But I am, okay. I'm definitely getting better now, so I, I don't want to say that. Okay, so so you're about four years into your healing. Right. And so give us, um, give us some examples of some of the radical changes you had to make in your lifestyle, your environment, your diet. Right. Um, and, and the more that I researched, the more that I was shocked about what's going on out there with, um, you know, we have... I hear the numbers of you know eighty to eighty five thousand chemicals that are registered in in the U.S. and they're just not tested and they're being put in products and and we have um, you know the typical woman if she's using typical skincare products and things like that is putting in you know um, over a hundred chemicals every morning when she gets ready to go to work or you know for her day so it's a it's amazing once I I realized what was going on and so I I had to start making drastic changes and and change um, you know what I was using on my personal care products what I was using laundry was a huge thing and I always tell people dryer sheets are the worst thing for you and and some of the detergents are so so horrible for you so um, that was all causing reactions I food you know our food is toxic most you know the processed foods and things like that and um, that all had to change and and my clothing I have to buy organic cotton clothing because that is all um, would cause reactions for me too so so there's just been a variety of things that I've had to learn over time and um, realize that oh if my heart starts racing or if I get a migraine or you know just certain symptoms that might come about I have to put the pieces together and say well this is not good for me so I need to um switch what I'm doing here mm-hmm. so just for something very practical but like well I'll just share a little bit of story of us but when mm-hmm. when my son was born and he was our third child he was sensitive to everything yeah. everything it wasn't just food but it was like you know if we were somewhere where they had been spraying on the grass. He couldn't play mm-hmm. in the grass. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was like cleaning product residues yep. anywhere, he couldn't touch. He could just couldn't touch things because they, you know, and he would just break out. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, I have been at the point where we've just looked at everything and had to redo everything. Like, you know, the, the, the lotions, 
the mm-hmm. soaps, the laundry detergent, the candles, the yeah, oh yeah, you know <laughs> everything, any any surfaces that you clean and what you use, and you know to the anyway clothing, food. So mm. we've been there, and I know how hard it is. So give some practice, like if somebody feels like they're sensitive, let's just start with clothing, uh, and I mean cleaners, because um, you already said organic cotton, cotton, yeah, but like. Um, what do you do instead of dryer sheets? Nothing. What, what kind of detergent do you look for that will work with multiple chem- chemical sensitivities? Right. Personally, I, um, I, you know, dryer sheets are are horrible, and I can even walk into a house and and just get you know a reaction mm-hmm. from walking in, and you, you know it's there. And I know you're aware with with your child. So um, I actually use dryer balls. So the wool dryer mm-hmm. balls. And I won't throw out particular brands, but those seem to work. Now, some people can even, um, you know, if they want a little bit of fragrance, they can use an essential oil. But right. I'm even sensitive to that, so I, I don't even do that. So um, so that's how I, I, I do it from the laundry that way. Um, I've found a few different products that have worked as detergents. But what I um, recommend to people, and, and, you know, making your own detergent is great, too. I know a lot of people do that. Um, but if you are going to purchase a detergent, I would um, I point people to the Environmental Working Group because they have a great um, database put together of different cleaning chemicals and and, yep. and skincare products and all of that and and they they rate it you know they give it a, a grade rating and and you can see how you know if it's going to be toxic or or not so um, that's always a, a good place for people to start. Yes, and that's a good point to mention. But see, I I don't I don't purchase a lo- I don't change products very often. I also don't purchase mm-hmm. a lot of products but mm-hmm. every once in a while I will be in a store and I'll be maybe have a need and I'll be like I wonder if this is any good well they have an app it's called skin deep yeah and yeah. it's so handy if you have a smartphone because you can scan the barcode on the product right there in the store and it'll give you their rating like um, yeah it's great yeah it's, it's super uh, I have run into two or three products that weren't in their database so then I have the option to send them the information so they can look it up so uh-huh. it's really handy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so I want to ask some questions about your husband a little bit because, well, I saw this very um, sweet, that sounds so cliche, but it just was sweet, <laughs> post on your blog about how you got really sick on an anniversary. And so you were like bedridden. Mm-hmm. And and then at the very end, you closed with the you know, support spouses of mm-hmm. people with MCS because they are wonderful and they change their plans and they have to put up with, you know, people being Mm -hmm. very ill and are still loving and caring and flexible. And so tell us a little bit about your husband and what this journey has been like for him, because he's obviously very good to you, totally on board. Um, But, you know, just talk him up a little bit and what his experience has been. Yeah, he's, he's been tremendous for me. And unfortunately, when we we got married about nine years ago or so, so um, he's had to live with us the whole time, pretty much of our marriage. Oh, so right, you were just getting um, ill, or yep, you were yep. getting really bad. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, probably a year, maybe after we got married or so. So, or you know, right in that time frame. So, so he's been a trooper, and I, I just feel for any spouse who has to deal with um, MCS or you know, their it it changes their life too, and they have to. Um, they become sensitive to things though too because you know and i've heard other mcs people say this about their spouse that um if they're in an environment you know they might sense it 
to and say, "Ooh, I'm sure this is not going to be a good environment for you to be in and stuff, you know, and, and, and so they, they get to that point where they, they realize that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, MCS, there's so many symptoms that can come as a result of it that I know my husband each day, you know, when I was at my worst times and stuff, he's like, if I, you know, I could write a book about every symptom that you've had, we, you know, we, it's just amazing. So there's just so much. So yeah, he's had to change some things, but it, you know, I always look at MCS, you know, it has been difficult, um, but I also see it as a positive thing too, because I would never have known about all these toxins out there. I, I would never have, until it's too late, you know, toxins can accumulate in our bodies and, and cause major diseases. So, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I tell him too, I'm like, this is actually good for you too, because I have mm-hmm. cut out all of these chemicals in our house and stuff, and, and you are not absorbing them or inhaling them or anything anymore either. So so it's actually, you know, a blessing in disguise, you know, because... Yeah. Um, he, he's going to be better off in the, in the end too, but um, it's just getting through the, the tough times, you know, and stuff, but um, we are better off in the long run. So. Definitely. And I was thinking, um, you know, he is benefiting from mm-hmm. this purified environment, also right. probably low, lower stress lifestyle, because you really have to be protective of all aspects of your lifestyle. And mm-hmm. so he's benefiting from that. But I, I think, um, another um you know layer to that is that he can not only go into a place and just sense you know this was going to be an issue for Teresa because I can smell the perfume or whatever Mm -hmm. but his own body is probably purifying to the point where right he can also tell that for himself um right I know I experienced a huge um, change in my own sensitivity to fragrances and things when I had to purify for our son. And also mm-hmm. my husband is sensitive to fragrances. So, you know, we don't burn candles and we don't have perfume. And I realized that, you know, growing up, I did like candles and perfumes, but I had been plagued by headaches. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't have that in our family and headaches got less. Mm-hmm. But then if I would walk down the aisle, the grocery store, where they have all the cleaners. I mean, it's just horrible. Or (laughs) you're somewhere where the candles are on and they're just putting out these like fake smells. I just, uh, in myself, I was far more sensitive to Mm -hmm. it. Um, It's almost unbearable. And you just have to, so you start making changes in your own life. That's right. And I think that people, people, unfortunately, and, and that's a good point because unfortunately, people almost become desensitized to it when they have the same perfume all over and over and they're wearing the same things you don't even realize it so you know i'll go into a a a building and somebody has such strong perfume and i'm like i don't even know if they realize that they're putting on such strong perfume because they become you know almost desensitized to it Yep. yep so like you said if you're if you've taken all of that out of your living you know environment things then you do sense that more because um Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not exposed to it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So tell us how you're doing now. So you're four years into this path of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, what's yeah. gotten better? What are you still working on? Yeah, I'm a ton better today than I, I was a few years ago. Um, I just felt like I was in a spiral. My health kept declining, declining. And so finally, it's gotten under control. Um, and in large part to a doctor that I had found who who. It gets to the root cause and, and it's it's more cellular healing. It's not masking anything because so many people with MCS, it's just so misunderstood and, and that people don't know how to get rid of it or deal with it. And um, and I used to, um, after having certain exposures, it would take me down for a couple of days even. And, and now I can be exposed to something and 
I'm good to go, you know, within, you know, a half hour, an hour. So it's, um, and I, I know the things to avoid now too. So, so it has been, you know, cause even, even traveling was difficult. You know, I can't sleep on mattresses cause of the flame retardants and, yeah. you know, there, there's just certain things that you just can't do. And so I'm, I'm definitely, um, better now than I, than I was with that. So it's taken time and it's, it's more through the cellular healing that, um, has come along, but it's, it's definitely better than it once was. Wonderful. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So um, just a few more minutes here. I wanted to give some practical help to people. And Mm -hmm. I noticed your husband participates on your blog, livingnaturaltoday.com. And he he has this great article on minimizing toxins and maximizing nutrition. And you had some great tips in there. So I was wondering if you could just um, cover some of those for our listeners who may... They may not know they have multiple chemical sensitivities, or they do, or a loved one. So I just mm-hmm. think it would be really helpful to kind of give some tips on minimizing toxins in our lives. Right. Okay, great. Um, and I don't remember exactly what, what ones he said. I know laundry detergent was a big one that he had mentioned at the time. Um, even, as you were mentioning, candles and air fresheners, removing those, and, and you can you know do some do-it-yourself um, options there. And, and the cleaning chemicals for... I you know, just cleaning your counters and, and your bathrooms and things like that, you know, you need to ch- change all of that out. Um, there's, you know, the the lawn fertilizers and um, doing a more natural approach to taking care of your lawn and, and not having all that. And of course, the food is a major issue, um, which you do a great job um, with your blog and explaining and and staying away from the processed foods and the fast foods and, and things like that, sticking to, to real foods, uh, organic foods and um even when you're redoing your home with the painting and things like that and getting low VOC and, and, you know, getting rid of the perfumes and maybe, you know, using maybe essential oils or something else like that in its place that there's just so many things. And, and, you know, I, I talk about toxins a lot and I mean, I'm passionate about it because of my health and everything, but I, I don't want people to feel like, Oh, it's doom and gloom. You know, they're just toxins are all around us. Cause, cause yes, they are all around us, but there are things that, you know, each individual can do to um, minimize their exposure. And also, I always say vote with your dollar because um, don't purchase these things that that are causing issues. Um, and then manufacturers will eventually start, you know, they'll notice and start changing things. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, toxins are all around us, but I don't want people to feel discouraged and feel like they can't uh, minimize them because there are things you can do to minimize them in your own home and in your life. And so let's say somebody's in a situation where like they're at work and they, you know, can't force people not to wear fragrances or whatever. So are there any things we can do to detox or um, to protect against getting ill in those situations where we can't control? I mean, because our bodies, you're right, we're surrounded by toxins. And to some degree, I know our world is really bad, but to some degree, our bodies are a beautiful machinery for handling detoxification. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of things do you recommend for um, supporting the body in its role doing that? Right. I, you know, diet is huge. And, you know, I believe that if we give our bodies what they need, they will um, heal and they will. Um, I mean, we all have a we're supposed to detox, uh, you know, our, our bodies are made that way. So, um, unfortunately just today in today's world, it's just, we're bombarded by all these chemicals. So, um, there are things that you can do to detox a little bit. Um, and you know, just clean, 
your liver and things like that. Um, I don't recommend any one thing in particular because I, I really believe that um, for people who are sick and you know who I talk to a lot, you got to get your your gut healthy. You have to get your cells healthy and things like that, and then you'll be able to detox better. So, but um, there you know it, it work environments a little tricky too, and um, I I know there was just a, a conversation. I, I missed it yesterday, but um, the large blog was talking about um, multiple chemical sensitivity in, in the workplace, and it is difficult. And and I no longer can. I, I don't work in an office and until I'm even better than I am now. But I, I know that I've heard cases in the past where they've been able to move people, you know, into a different office or, you know, mm. with the door on it or something like that to try to um, mm-hmm. block, you know, the, the perfumes or the cleaning chemicals or, or things that are used that way. So I, I guess, you know, if you're at work to work with your, your HR team and, and see what, what can be done um, because it is a tricky situation. Oh, that's really good advice. I didn't even think about that. I was just assuming you can't change it, but mm-hmm. um, you can, especially if you're working with a supportive employer. Right. And nowadays, too, you know, just like we're doing, you know, over the Internet, we, you know, you can work from home, a lot of people. So, um, you know, so there are different things that can be done that way. Right. Okay, so let's wrap up um, at natu- livingnaturaltoday.com. You have a free resource for our listeners. So can you tell us about that? Oh, sure. Yep. I just in all the research that I've had to do over the past few years, I, I decided to pull it all together and, and to give some of the, the better sites that I found along the way. So I have some um, green living sites in there. I have um, real food bloggers and, and um, I'm grateful for your site and, and put that in there. I have some um, heavy metal references for like mercury fillings because with toxins, you need to remove or MCS, any of those, you have to uh, remove the source and, and sometimes heavy metal is, is a major source. So I have that in there. Um, you know, just um, maybe some different doctors that are, are not as traditional as, as your medical doctors would be. I, I throw some of their names in there too. And it just, because all of these people provide such great information online and, and each person needs to do their own research on it. I'm not a doctor and I don't claim to be and I just want to make people aware that there are mm-hmm. things out there that can help them. So, and everybody has to be comfortable with what, you know, they're going to do themselves. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's just been really enlightening and um, I will be praying for you. I hope that you will heal even more in the coming years. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash And then, without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. While you're there, please do leave a rating or review. I love to get them, love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.